Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently, so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Means yes, another episode of Unfiltered coming your way. This would officially go down as episode 251. You can get them all 24 7, 365. Go to the artist formerly known as Twitter, X, if you will, up into the bio at Casey Stern, jump on the YouTube channel or where most of you are, Apple, Spotify, everywhere you get your better podcasts. And this is a special one today, reunited because it feels so good. One more broadcast partner. You can find him all week long on Loud Outside of OB Network Radio. He is an Emmy Award winning analyst for AT&T Sportsnet with the Rockies. And uh, he is the great Spilly, Ryan Spielberg. Spilly, I appreciate this, buddy. Good to be back with you. How are you? I, you know what? Every time I hear your voice and we start going through, you know, like our opens together, it, it feels really good, man. It feels always good uh, to do a little broadcast with you, man. It, it's good to see him. It is good to see you, too. It is also good to be seen. So let me get this out of the way. Bet Online, your number one source for your sports betting needs. Finds the matchup reports for baseball, basketball, boxing, golf, and more. They're the fastest and easiest way for all your wagers, betting, casino, and card games. And they're all available right now from your phone. So get over to the website, people. Use your mobile device. Sign up today. Get in on this action. And remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. It'll get you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It is Bet Online where the game starts. And... I'm getting started here and getting this right out of the way. Because I know you're at Dodger camp today. I want to get into Dodgers and talk about all the free agents, but let's let's halt this thing. So take me to imaginary moment where you are sitting there in a batter's box or on photo day and you realize you're wearing see-through pants. Like, have you thought about what it would be like in because you watch players nowadays and most of their situations you've experienced. This is one that's going to be at a small list, Billy, of something you've never had to go through before, the <laughs> see-through pants situation. What the oh, I hell? Can't, I can't wait for the first rain delay. That's what I'm looking forward <laughs> to. <laughs> I just, I think there is a giant miss. Uh, like uh, Nike, I, I think the story goes, Nike outsource the uh, manufacturing yeah. of these of these uniforms to Fanatics, Fanatics and Fanatics, yep. Fanatics just destroyed it. <laughs> so, um 
I, I think there's got to be some resolution. Uh, it's also really funny. Look, Casey Schmidt is loving it, right? The guys that are being highlighted, and I mean, like, there's there's no such thing as bad publicity <laughs> because it's been good. Look, as much as as much as these uniforms are awful, they look terrible, Spilly. They, Forget the see through. They look the, terrible. The, they look terrible. Look, the it's the numbers are too small. The names are are the letters aren't too big. <laughs> like the pipe, the pipe, like the they, they're terrible. terrible. They look cheap. Terror. They look. Terror, yes. They look. Yes. They look cheap. So, uh, hopefully, they get resolved. Otherwise, these players would just go wear last year's bottle. But I will say, the amount of gifs and memes, my favorite one so far that I read was. I'm not buying my wife lingerie. I bought her a pair of Fanatics pants. And I'm yeah. like, God, that's so good. Like, all these things are so good. So I love it. Uh, I'm looking forward to when a guy hits a homer, I'm just going to call it a dong. That way you don't know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> and just, ha- just have a blast with it. I mean, there are so many, there's so many places for us uh, to just run away with it. It is. It, it, here's the thing that I can't, I really can't fathom, which is the crazy part. It looks like it was created on MLB The Show by a 12-year-old. You know, like you can create the jerseys there for like your favorite team and you put the lettering and the numbering. It it looks horrific. Like how the hell did this pass however many people at three different entities, the league, right, Nike, Fanatics, to even get to this point? And then the other part is how do you fix it? Because like the part that I hate is like, look, I know everybody gets in the commissioner for everything. I'm, 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 I'm somewhere in the middle, but I would like them to just admit, Hey, this sucks. We need to get it fixed. We understand. Don't worry. We're on it. W- what's wrong with saying that? Cause you have to admit that you made a mistake. <laughs> so what? <laughs> so what? what was the last time you heard that coming from the commissioner's Ever. office? I mean, no, that's the problem. Never, never. I, I mean, it is what it is. You have, you have channels to blame. Uh, you can say, Hey, that listen, it's manufacturing. It's, it's, uh, you know, supply chain issues, whatever. I mean, we've we've gone from the pandemic to issue central. I think that's what you ride. Uh, I think a lot of I've already seen numerous teams that are they're they're saying, I was like, what pants are you wearing? And they're going, I don't know, check the button, because that's a that's the best way that you can tell. There's a button on the back. Uh, which again, like buttons are good for Lululemon pants, yeah. for baseball pants, buttons are bad. So I, I don't I don't know. I don't want anybody to lose their job. I just want them to fix it. If you fix it, we're good. I mean, it's it's spring training for everybody. So first year with these type of uniforms, I'm sure Nike's looking at their protocol going like, what the hell did we do wrong? So hopefully it gets resolved. I don't want to kill everybody at all times, but um, it's funny. I'll take it as it's funny now. Uh, if this is still an issue in mid-June, then we'll start really kind of wearing people out. You're going to have a lot of players that are now in the category of being able to put together an OnlyFans account just by wearing these pants. Hey, people make money there. Yeah, people make money there. So I I wouldn't throw it past anybody. It is no joke. Uh, All right, let let me get to, I want to hit a number of things, but let me start here because I knew we were there today. Do you remember during your playing days, and I know that you dealt with seeing in your division 
the Dodgers, and you saw a lot of teams that look, we, it depends on the era, but I think about, you know, the years that, and you were in the playoffs during those years, the Phillies, right? We're the top team in the National League and nobody should show up. And then after that, we had the Nationals and the whole Strasburg thing and nobody should show up. Do you remember a team riding with the pressure the Dodgers have over the last couple of decades? Because I don't know if it's to the point of World Series or bust at the level the Dodgers are going to feel it on the field this year. Tell me I'm wrong. Um, I will say you're you're not wrong, but I also don't think you're looking at Atlanta through the the right lenses because Otani is Beatlemania. Uh, Dave Roberts said that to us today. Otani is Beatlemania, and I think because we see Otani with the Dodgers, it's it's World Series or bust. What the Braves have put together, because I still look at the Braves trading for Chris Sale. Uh, just knowing that your entire roster is controllable superstars, reigning MVP, Max Fried leaves at the end of this year. Uh, Spencer Strider's pants. Okay, that, that's one that probably needs to get changed from Fanatics already because you can't have quads like that. I think Atlanta's bar is just as high as the Dodgers as far as World Series or bust. It's just that there's no uh, Otani and Japanese media covering Atlanta the way that they're doing the Dodgers. So I think internally, I think from, if if I'm in Dodgers camp, you're thinking World Series or bust. If I'm in Braves camp, throwing on a Braves uniform, I'm thinking World Series or bust. So I I, I think the narrative is, is correct in saying that it, I think the majority of people will see it that way, but from within the clubhouses, both of these teams believe that they are going to the World Series, Atlanta and the Dodgers. Uh, and and I'd, I, I like if I was to throw a third team in, especially if some of these uh, price tags fall down for uh, Jordan Montgomery or Blake Snell, I would say Philadelphia yeah. would be a World Series or bus team. Uh, and and only the National League has World Series or bus teams. There isn't really, I, I mean, you might argue with me, hey, Baltimore's a World Series. Baltimore no. is not a World Series no. or bus team. They, they haven't no, gotten over the hump. No. These three teams specifically, Philadelphia was a game away from knocking out the Diamondbacks and being in the World Series. It's Philly, Atlanta, Dodgers. That's it as far as World Series or bust in baseball next year. Yeah, I, and look, a couple of things. One, I think Atlanta is as good, if not better, than the Dodgers. I just think, to your Same. point, the pressure, the perceived value is going to be so absorbently high, it's going to be crazy. And for Doc, he can be feeling a very different thing that Brian Snicker is going to be feeling every day. The American League is interesting because a lot of those teams don't have pressure because Texas just won. They got over the hump. So regardless of what happens, you know, how many years in a row, seven ALCSs, all these World Series for the Astros, and you expect maybe this is the year there's a dip. Maybe there's not. But even if it is, the only team that I think maybe has or is putting more pressure than their roster would say it should would be the Yankees, which will get even worse if a Snell, let's say, comes in on a deal because they have been out of it for so long and haven't won in so long. And the fan base believes that that's what they're owed, that there's going to be a pressure that's greater than their roster. I don't know that they're the best team in the division, let alone the league, but how do you look at kind of where the Yankees are at right now? And do you think that they should push harder for a Snell or a Dylan Cease to get that done because of where they sit now in the AL? 
Yes. Oh, Casey, we have talked about, I mean, prospects are cool, right? Yes, uh, I've heard that. Yeah. I, I think with the Yankees, I love their offseason. Uh, I think they are in a really good position. I've heard that, you know, some people think that they're underrated. I don't think they're underrated. I think they're just right. I believe when I'm looking at the Yankees team, because I'm not a hundred percent sold on Toronto, although I think Toronto is way better than people realize. I think Tampa is taking a step backwards. Boston's going to be awful. Boston is going to be on Netflix. Boston's going to be (laughs) the Casey, even okay. Even if we're talking about Boston on Netflix, we don't get to see this oh, until God. next year. It's not it like is, it but of all the years, of all the years, the, the Boston Strong, the 2004 of all the years, it's like, really? But go ahead. You, you pick yeah, the worst possible year. when Terrible. When, it's going to be fun for people to watch because they like watching misery. But it won't even happen until next year. No, it's like it, it's not, They're it's not terrible. doing the true hard knocks. I think Baltimore is legit. I think Baltimore is a legit organization in a perfect position. I still think Baltimore is better than the Yankees. But to your point, if the Yankees are in desperation mode, which I believe they should be, I really do. I I don't think that this is like, hey, you know, we set this thing up, so we're going to be successful for a long period of time like the Baltimore Orioles. No, they got to win now, especially because you don't know what Soto is going to do. Well, it's it's Toronto and New York have to be desperate. They have to be desperate because don't know what's going to happen if if Vladdy's going to take another step backwards or if he goes back to MVP form. What is the rotation going to look like in both the Yankees sense or Toronto's sense? Is Alec Manoa really back? You have multiple players that are coming up against free agency. You have Soto. Um, I don't know what Aaron Judge is capable of doing over a course of the year because he's dealing with the toe and you're throwing him in center field, which is just craziness to me. Throw him in right, throw Trent Grisham in center, and throw Juan Soto back in left field or put Judge in left if you really think Juan's that bad of a left fielder. Throw Judge in left, Grisham in center, and Soto in right. But they have to have a sense of urgency here. If you're the Yankees... You cannot say we're waiting another year because what's the guarantee that Garrett Cole is going to repeat what he's been doing? He has been unbelievable, Case. He's been unbelievable. He worth every penny. But I don't know what Carlos Rodon's going to be. I don't no. know what Nasty Nestor's going to be. I don't know what the rotation's going to look like. I like the back end of the bullpen, but they have to be, if there's if you're talking about a win now. World Series or bust mentality. I hope the Yankees have it. I don't think they are the team that's going to represent the American League in the World Series as they're currently constructed. I I don't know. I feel like there's another move in there, even though I really love what the Yankees have done. You and I sat next to each other in San Diego when Cole signed. And remember, the Angels didn't want to give an extra year to play in on that and just think about those teams that that thought it's an overpay say years eight, nine, but who cares when you get the first five, six, the way that he's been Cole been brilliant. You know, it's interesting. You you mentioned, you think about the Red Sox and teams that haven't gone far enough. I want to go back to the Dodgers because people wonder if they gone too far and did they spend too much money? I know everybody wants to hate them, but where are you on this idea? They're going to be the villain in the league because 
they're either going to be the darling or the villain. They're going to feel that. Speaking of the Yankees, what the Yankees felt for so, so many years in some ways. But is it fair? I mean, who wouldn't want to root for a team? This is why I laugh. It's like, who wouldn't want to root for a team that's spending a billion dollars in an offseason? And, and get Yamamoto's jersey and have Otani, Betts, and Freeman hitting back-to-back-to-back. I know not in that order, but in a batting order. You're sitting there in Colorado. You're going to hear it all year about how the big, bad Dodgers are terrible for baseball. What's your reaction to that? Stop. Artie Moreno ruined it. <laughs> Look. Well, fair. Artie Moreno had the opportunity to sign Shoyo Otani to the exact same deal that the Dodgers did. Artie Moreno That's says fair. it. He's he doesn't do deferrals. So Shohei brought the same deal to the table for the Dodgers and Stan Caston. If you've heard him talk about it, he was like, What? Can you explain that to me again? He's like, Yeah, I want to defer it so you have plenty of money during the time that I'm here for you to add people around. It's a 20-year deal for $700 million. It's not a 10-year deal for $700 million. It's 20. It's 20 years for 700 and there's still $45 million against the Dodgers out of pocket. It's not the bargain that everybody wants to make it sound like it's moving paper. It's moving money, but this is on the league. This is on Artie Moreno. If you're going to complain that Shoei Otani is a Dodger isn't fair, then blame Artie. He had the same deal. He That was the first deal that was offered was to the Angels and to Sh- Shoei offered it. Artie, don't do, don't do deferrals. Okay. So, and then do you blame Otani for wanting to join an organization oh, that he's oh, first on. off he's comfortable with and second off can implement the ability to attract fans to a level for especially Japanese fans and Casey you know I play in Japan I say this all the time people in the United States you're in a bubble you recognize baseball as California baseball or Arizona baseball or you know what the New York Mets are doing in New York or Atlanta you don't realize that Otani and the fan base he has because you don't see it you can't see it it's overseas it's in a different country. It's it's an eight-hour flight away. You, you, you don't recognize the fandom that Otani brings. It is a it is a phenomenon that you do not understand. I understand it because I witnessed it firsthand. I lived in the country. Baseball is the top sport. It is the NFL times 10. And to have a Japanese player because they are so proud of their baseball acumen. To have the best player in the world, the face of baseball representing their country, this is Michael Jordan. This is Kobe Bryant. This is Messi. That represents an entire country. You do not understand the gravity that that means for an organization. Dodgers did. There are people. There are Japanese fans that are taking flights direct from Tokyo to Phoenix right now to watch batting practice, to watch batting practice. This is the tip of the iceberg. So I think the Dodgers were able to take this opportunity, which again, this was, this is basically you discarded the, like your future yes. wife because yes. you didn't want, you didn't want the deferral. It's absurd. Somebody it else could have. So is already, already, 
already punted this thing and somebody yeah. took it to the house. Well, and here, here's the a guy who that... didn't even I was gonna say here's a guy who didn't even know if he wanted to own the team just a couple of months before that, then could have sold Otani at the deadline and gotten a ransom before he was injured. Remember what he was He could have done the same with Mike Trout. Correct. Could have done if so forget it. But your your point I want to go back to because you're dead on. I remember a poll. I talk about this often years and years ago. They had ESPN does this poll every year. Top a hundred, like most familiar or popular faces in sports, right? Athletes in the world. The only one that was in the top 100 that was a baseball player was Derek Jeter. He was number 13. He had retired. Like he was retired for that. He was <laughs> retired. Okay. Otani has broken the landscape of all of that. He's in his own world, but he's not alone with the Dodgers in terms of stardom. And now Yamamoto has joined him. And I'm just curious because you're at the camp and we know how special the stuff is. So I know the repertoire is there, but what has been the reaction? Cause you know, this could speak to this better than me. Peers will see it differently. Hitters who then get to watch it. Other pitchers who watch him throw a BP. What has been the reaction around camp to how special this dude is? He's special, um, but you have to do it in a game. Major leaguers will tell you this guy has a chance to be special, but he has to perform. So the reactions I got from Yamamoto today from, from his teammates is, yeah, but we got to see it. So there's there's this excitement about it because, oh, man, exploding fastball, high command, location, both sides of the play, up and down. Uh, he's able to speed you up, slow you down. There's a fork ball off of it or split finger, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so you got a little bit of east and west, north and south. That's hard to do. It's hard to find a pitcher that has all four quadrants, and I can speed you up, slow you down. It's really hard to find. You got to go out and perform. And perform every what day? Is it every fifth day? Is it every sixth day? Are you going to have trouble with the baseball at first? Are you going to have trouble with command? We already saw Kodesenga. Sorry to the Mets. Sorry to you. Um, that shoulder capsule is, is an issue. Also, I want to point out, and I'm not I'm not knocking Yamamoto at all. I'm just no, pointing this out because I think this has been the biggest misnomer is he's 25 years of age, correct? Yep. Part of the reason why Yamamoto was able to sign this massive deal, and I'm so thankful to see the NPB and Japanese players break these numbers in this market having never played the big leagues because I'm telling you, Japanese baseball is that good. But my, my apprehension here is the 12 years, $325 million, this feeding frenzy for Yamamoto is based on the fact he was 25 years of age. Yamamoto in the last six years has thrown a thousand innings, the same amount of innings that Blake Snell's thrown. So you have the same wear and tear on Yamamoto's shoulder because in innings and inning, a pitch is a pitch. Same for one guy's is literally it's the same. Like it's it's tread on your tires. It's exactly the same whether you're talking to, to me about age. So you could be 25, you could be 30. A thousand innings is a right. thousand innings for a twenty-five. Like King Felix was like fifty years old by the time he was twenty-seven because he's been pitching forever. For example, it, yes, it, it's it. So th so that's that's where I'm kind of like. Yep. I think I, I think the Dodgers see it the same way. There's a little bit of protection. There's built-in protections. Why they went for a James Paxson? I think they're really happy about Tyler Glass now. It's also why they built the rotation where where it is, which is not an innings-eating rotation. They're just going to hammer you for as many 
times through the lineup that they give that they're comfortable at. They've been top. They were 22nd in baseball last year in innings pitch from a starting rotation. They're probably going to be lower than that this year. That's okay. That's how they, that's, that's how they want their rotation to work out. It's five innings built for the postseason. but you're talking about a unproven commodity that Casey, do you think Yamamoto is a top 10 pitcher in major league baseball? I can't put him there until I see it. Okay. Top 25. I think talent, talent. Yes. On both probably talent, but I can't put him there until I see it. So I get it. I get it. So and, and so that's that and that I think is is a fair reaction oh, yeah, to sure. it. I don't I, I, I think that's you can't tell me he's a top ten pitcher. You've never seen it. No, but that's got a the same way be. that the player got a chance he has a chance yeah. to be, but to do that is really hard. Oh, well, and, that's really and most that's of the like, guys that, that we pin that will do it don't. We're usually surprised. By some of the guys, oh, we didn't know he would be that good, rather than the guys who... He might be that good in three years, right? right, right. but he might not be that good right Right, out the gate. Right, and we'll see what the transition is, obviously, with Yamamoto. I want to hit you on a couple of other things and sneak in uh, a thought on Todd Helton before we get out. Um, The free agency, everybody, and you and I have, and I know you've got a long relationship with Scott and you and I have talked to Scott together a million times. Scott Boris is often misunderstood because he does whatever he can do for his players. He's not doing it for you, the fan, and he's not doing it for the team necessarily. He's doing his job. But at the same time, there are times where you wonder on the outside if his ego because of his success in doing that has gotten in the way. And if it's a detriment to certain players who maybe are asking for too much, the Bellinger situation gets to three years. He was asking for, depending upon what report you believe, seven or eight for Bellinger and trying to get more. You still got Snell and Montgomery out there. How much of this is fair to attribute to the relationships that Scott has with the teams? And how much of that is overblown? Because he's got big name clients that are still out there, Squilly. I Well, I think this year specifically, it's a little more complicated than Scott. I think there Scott has had a reputation, but I also believe in it. And I know that some of these players have not received offers, you know, that that's, that's public. That's not, that's not Scott saying, Hey, there's a mystery team. Scott's telling you some of his clients haven't received offers. Now the question becomes then why, you know, is the asking price too high to your point is, is, you know, Hey, you know, we're assuming that he wants nine years or eight years or six years. Our team's actually asking uh, the term length. Is Scott giving the term length? And they're going, okay, uh, we're good. You know, it's like when you walk up to a, a restaurant and you see the menu on the outside and you go, uh, yeah, no, we can't afford that. That's $89 for steak. We're going to go down the street. It could yeah. very well be that way. I, do, I cannot tell you that from, from a reaction of a, of a front office because I don't know what the sticker shock is. But I can tell you, and it's been public, RSNs have slowed down the market. The regional sports networks and the complications of what was going on, part of it, I think, is league contrived. I do believe commissioner's office has, has a hand in slowing down the market. Uh, the reason why is... Some of these bankruptcy deals were supposed to be done in December. They were pushed down the road. Uh, Rob Manfred is a skilled negotiator. He was an excellent lawyer. Um, I think in, in, in this sense, 
you know, pushing it a little bit later, whether that was intentional or unintentional, again, I can't speak for it. I just tell you what the optics look like. By pushing it into January, and in the case of Minnesota, the Guardians, and the Rangers, their media rights deals didn't get resolved until the end of January. Is that happenstance? Especially when some of these bankruptcy meetings were pushed back multiple weeks? I don't know. I will also point out, though, is when you consider some of these RSN deals and the apprehension that the league has talked about, because they've said it, the front offices are, are letting you know the Rangers, the Twins, the Cardinals. I mean, like the Guardians, they all said even a year ago, we're most likely going to not be active as we wait to see how these things play out. So is that Scott Boris's fault? No. Is it part of why the reason the market was slowed down? Yes. Is it the main reason why the market slowed down? I don't think so. But I think as you see my point is I presented you multiple variables on why I believe the markets were slowed and it happened to be for Scott Boris clients as well. And there's other there's a lot of good players that are still out there that are not Scott Boris clients. I I want to be remiss not to before I let you run uh, because I, I I thought of you when and I, and I remember from a fan standpoint just covering the game Todd to me has always been a Hall of Famer but I know obviously much more so to the heartstrings to you because of the relationship and what he's meant to you and getting a chance to see firsthand the leadership skills in addition to all the statistics you knew what was coming. We probably saw the writing on the wall with with all the numbers where they were tracking Spilly. But once you finally heard it, kind of describe the feeling of getting to see your your friend and and one of the guys you looked up to in the game during your career and Todd Helton, now a Hall of Famer. So it was a it was a funny sequence of um, of when it happened. Uh, I was on radio that day. I felt like there's a chance that there's going to be three Hall of Famers. Uh, I felt like Adrian Beltre was a Hall of Famer. I wasn't quite sure about Joe Maurer. I was really hopeful about Todd Helton, and I was I was fingers crossed that I was going to see Billy Wagner in there. Um, and the way it worked out when Josh Rawich was was going through it, and and I was home watching it on Zoom. I just dropped off my son at, at baseball practice and I was, I was walking in with nervous energy and I go, Stace, here it comes. I was like, Beltre got in, Mauer just got in and I don't know. And she was like, do you think Todd's going to get in? And I was like, I don't know. And then Josh, you know, says the third player and it's Todd. And like, my wife's like, are you going to cry? I was like, yeah, I, I was. I was emotional about it. I was like, because it's not too many times in life. I mean, especially when you think about, um, first off, being a big leaguer is pretty <laughs> is pretty freaking awesome. I never thought I'd be a big leaguer. Uh, you play with somebody for a long period of time. They are your friend. Uh, I, we used to have a bear, a teddy bear in our house that, uh, that Todd would give first first time parents that was that, that was so ridiculously big it was a it was like a 200 pound teddy bear it took a truck <laughs> to get it home uh, but this teddy bear was called mr todd right like this big stupid teddy bear we would all jump it's like a giant bean bag 
Todd was a part of our kids, you know, like that was part of the gift. And I know Todd was the one going to the, <laughs> to the teddy yeah, bear store right, to buy right. us Christy, his wife. But that's how, I mean, like we were connected to him. And when you, when you think of the history of the game and 23,000 players and less than 350 of them are hall of famers. And one of those is a teammate of yours that you admire and is also a, a friend of yours that you, that you admire. It's pretty cool. I mean, that's a pretty cool thing to see somebody get. Like that's that's not a normal occurrence. I don't think many people have friends that get inducted no. into no. Cooperstown. No, and, and I think that to me, I remember many many years ago walking through the hall and somebody saying that this is to supposed to tell the story of the game, but the story of the franchises that franchise that you have that relationship with cannot have that story told without him there. It just can't. So it, it's fitting for him. And and look, as a former teammate that that I admire, I appreciate you coming on. Always a pleasure. Um, make sure to wear, you know, boxer briefs under the see-through pants if you decide to wear any. <laughs> I mean, I think I feel like uh, you know, we've heard of stuffing the ballot, yeah, you know, stuffing yeah. your getting yeah. your pants stuffed before a major league game. Uh, you're going to have outfielders that have never worn a cup before yeah, it's, are going to wear a cup this year. Even it's if Adrian be Beltre was playing now, I think he would have reversed his decision just considering with the pants. I, I always appreciate you, man. <laughs> stuffed ZD, stuffed, what else? Are, <laughs> stuffed, stuffed animals and stuffed baseball players. Where else can you get it? I, I, I appreciate you. Enjoy. Enjoy the rest of the spring training tour. We'll catch up soon, Spilly. My pleasure, man. Thank See you, buddy. You. All right, there he is, Ryan Spielborg's episode 251 in the books. You can catch us over on Twitter, X, if you will, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcasts. Unfiltered, as always, brought to you by our good friends at Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 